Like Fun is a craft beer and comedy podcast that offers a brief respite for women and men with real responsibilities. Featuring Greg, a tall, dark, everyman who knows what he likes, and Josh, Like Fun's resident beer quality expert. Together, our hosts take you on a journey of inebriated mirth so wondrous, it will feel as though you are having something like fun. Like Fun is not for kids. Unless those kids are from Wisconsin and accompanied by a legal guardian. If that's the case, come on, kids. Have a seat, throw one back, and listen up. Because life is too short not to like fun. I don't know if you made another show in the meantime, Josh. No, <laughs> no, I had not Oh, of us both. The long-awaited return of us both uh, to the show that keeps it positive and talks about beer and has a good time. Yeah. It's like fun. Uh, as always, I am Greg. And this is Josh. Um, I We've been texting back and forth for the last, like, two weeks. Well, our, our yes. listenership has been slowly rising. Like, we hit, like, 110 listeners at one point. Like, at the mm-hmm. height of the middle of, so, last week, or it'd be, like, two weeks ago for the listener, and uh, I was like, oh, man, we should probably put out an episode for these people who are, like, tuning in without one being having been created within, like, a month. Oh, you're blowing up, Josh. Who, me? Was that you or me? I don't know. Somebody's dinging. Can't be me. Can't be me. It must be me. Hold on one second. Sure. I'll be back. There we go. All right. We are uh, not on location. Nope. This is a remote cast. You'd think we could get it together and like put a remote cast together once every other week, um, but that, I think we just had a lot of like rearranging and and uh, work stuff to do, so it just never got done. And that's fine. We we took a little break. We got our fifty episodes in, and now it's uh, season two. I guess you could call it. Yeah, this that sounds about right. Um, we are. I'm sorry. I'm staring at an uh, a Terminator soundboard, which, as I recall. <laughs> Uh, we used to talk about in college. Oh, yeah. I have no idea. <laughs> Let me see. One more time here. Saracana. <laughs> Do you lack discipline? Uh, uh, have you then, seen this boy? Give them to me. <laughs> anyway, all right. I'll stop with that until it's very convenient. We uh, So we're trying to pull our lives together. Both of us are extremely busy. Uh, professionally, from a family perspective, and... Uh, yeah, but we did it. We finally did it, Josh. Welcome back. Yep. And my cat is about to get busy being sprayed in the face. Gotcha. <laughs> uh, he comes up on the table like he belongs here. Now, he's very entitled. I don't care for it. The other one just sits there and laments that he doesn't have any wet food. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, what's been up with you uh, lately, Josh? Oh man, uh, work, work, and more work. It's uh, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. it's piling up. It's busy season in the uh, sexually transmitted disease world. Um, oh, you know, kids go to school and then they get they get itchy and then they go to the doctor and then I I end up on the uh, the money making side of that. Oh yeah, um, but yeah, in all in all seriousness, right. it's <laughs> wait, play that one more time. Nothing clean, right? <laughs> yes, thank you, Arnold. Arnold, <laughs> Arnold, by the way, makes a lot of good points on social media these days. Yeah, he does. Pretty smart guy. Yeah. Um. But yeah, just uh, just busy at work, busy at home. I got uh, a bunch of like projects around the house. I got to get done, and uh, they're not they're not getting done, and. Uh, well, you know, it is what it is, and and this is what I do to unwind. So it's nice to to sit around on a what is it, fucking Wednesday? Yeah, when, tragically, it's only well, Wednesday. A Wednesday night, and I uh, have a couple of beers with uh, a, a decent conversationalist. At least, at least twice as good as my son. 
And, uh, yeah, you know, hang out. What's up with you, Greg? What's going on? Look at the guy out here! Holler my name! Uh, I am now obsessed with soundboards online. That did not take me long. <laughs> I am... I am uh, busy, busy, busy with work. We've talked about that before. Got school, got uh, stuff happening there. And uh, honestly, I come home and I'm mentally, physically, emotionally exhausted. Uh, and really all I want to do is lay on the couch. And if I'm going to drink a beer, I'm just going to sit there in silence <laughs> and drink it. To be honest, I am a world-class husband at this time <laughs> of, uh, of year. And uh, my wife puts up with me for some reason. And, but uh, the the real exciting thing for me is that it is uh, Wednesday, and it is after Wednesday, which means I am more than halfway done with the week. Uh, so I almost have room to breathe, Hurrah. which is cool. And we only have one day with students this week, so or excuse me, one uh, one more day. We have an all day professional development. Nice. On Friday, so an eight-hour meeting is something I'm looking forward to. You just sit in the back and, and pull out your laptop, right? And then Counter-Strike go until the end? <laughs> I wish. I'm like leadership. Oh. So I have to do stuff. It's cool, though. Um, oh, there's a Jar Jar Binks one. Oh, no. Oh, shit. <laughs> well, of course there's oh. a Jar Jar Binks one. He's embarrassing. <laughs> Hold on. I won't. There it is. <laughs> uh, the point is that I am uh, really, really suffering in all ways right now, and everyone should feel bad for me. And now I'm actually going to try and focus on our conversation because I got sucked into realmofdarkness.net, <laughs> which very much seems like a website that probably existed right at the beginning of our college years. Yes. should have been stripped from the internet, but it has not been. Well, thanks to archive.org, who supports this show, uh, nothing ever dies on the internet. It's always saved. <laughs> you can always find it. Does archive.something support our show? I mean, they uh, store our files for free, and uh, they, oh. they haven't figured out a good way to stop traffic, so I guess, in a way, in a, in a reverse abuse sort of way... They support the show? Yeah. Yeah. In preserving the internet, they also preserve and uh, uh, distribute our program. Mm-hmm. Which, um, there's really no support, so there was actually a period of time where our show was, like, down, and I was freaking out, because, like, all the links were down, you couldn't download the show, you couldn't stream it, and I emailed their, like, not emailed, but I did their little form where you fill out, like, a problem and it was, like, fixed in, I don't know if it was just coincidence, but it was fixed in, like, 15 minutes, all the the shows are back up. I didn't have to reload anything. It was sweet. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, so archive.org. You know, they, they're, they're, they're a non-profit that's trying to back up um, all of the internet pages that are be take, being taken down, so if you want to uh, take a fantasy trip back in time when the uh, EPA still had a website that had things on it. You can go look at the old EPA website. And <laughs> I have uh, I had a coworker at one point who was obsessed with one website that was only available on archive, and it was uh, just about when men would flush a urinal. <laughs> like, under what circumstances would men ever flush a urinal? And it is not very frequently that men will flush urinals, yeah. according to this theory. The trough is so much more efficient. I don't know why all public bathrooms just don't go to the old trough, like at Camp Randall. Yeah, it just runs runs right down the drain. That, like, the end. Let gravity do the work. Yeah. Just run some dilute bleach through it every couple of years. Call it good. Yeah. It's about the standard they're at. Yeah. I was oh. at a tailgate uh, before the game the other day. We were in the field house, actually, so oh. right next to Camp Randall. Tight. And there was still 20 minutes till game time, and I was like, well, time to use the restroom. Nope. And they shut it down. What? <laughs> I was like, hey, guys, what's up? I'm just trying to use this, uh, you know, uh, can right behind you. And he's, like, super apologetic. Like, oh, man. We gotta close them because <laughs> we gotta have everybody leave soon. So sorry, man. 
uh, and I had to hold it, and it sucked. But that's really the the whole point of the story is that there was a a, a closed bathroom. But I got to enjoy as a result more trips to the Camp Randall troughs. All right, so um, you know we we're obviously we're going to skip the uh, the usual what's good. But I thought maybe we could talk briefly about you know we we haven't seen each other in like a month. Uh, that's accurate. What have we What have we been drinking while while we've been apart? Jesus. Um, what's your, what's, what's the best beer you've had since uh, that we last recorded in, what was that, early September? So let's see here. I, I Let's see. Oh, I went to Lacrosse in the interim, and I did go to Turtle Stack Brewing Company. Oh, nice. Which is downtown Lacrosse. Yeah. Uh, and they were, that was nice. Uh, I, I have complaints about the uh, setup of it. I think that that's actually something that I've experienced a couple of small town breweries. Yeah. You get a little bit out state and you get to these, uh, establishments where clearly they, they got a space, they set it up the best way they thought they could. And then they just started selling beer and they thought that that was good enough. But, uh, turtle stack is not, it, it barely has any tables. It feels like they waste a lot of space in there. And, uh, it reminded me very much of the Fermentorium in Cedarburg, which we've talked about on the show before. Yeah. Because the last time I was in the Fermentorium, which was also not long ago, I walked in and I felt like it was one of those old timey saloons where I walked through the swinging doors and, uh, the, you know, the piano player stopped playing and everybody at the <laughs> bar turned and stared at us uh, like we didn't belong there. I felt uncomfortable the entire time I was in there. And I think that has to do with the feng shui nature of how it's set up. It's just not set up in a way where you're supposed to feel comfortable, <laughs> which I'm always intrigued by bars, breweries, what have you that do that. Oh, yeah. Why Why would you make people feel uncomfortable at a place where if they feel uncomfortable, they're going to spend less money and be less likely to stay? Yeah. I feel like every small town bar is like that. Like all the bars um, outside of maybe Eddie's and uh, the Nitty Gritty in Sun Prairie are set up to where... You walk in parallel or, or semi-parallel to the bar in a manner in which if they if the, if the people who are at the bar wanted to, and they do, they could all lean back and, like, everybody all the way down this, like, 16-size, 16 16-person 16 bar could take a, take a good uh, greasy-eyed look at you and just <laughs> yes. give you the up and down and then decide that you are not one of them. Right, right. Uh, and I've just never... I don't know, I mean, but I've never had a place yeah. like that. I suppose in college, Amy's was our place, but it since was. then, I've never had a place where those were those were heady times, though. Yeah. Walking into Amy's, knowing Dobes was just going to set your drink down on the bar before you even got there. Yep. And Amy's uh, was set up in a friendly manner where the the um, the locals, if you will, the usuals, always went to the bar. That was the best place to be. And then your back was totally turned, and it was very uncomfortable to turn around every time the door opened. Oh, yes. So it was yes. very inviting, because you didn't know who was coming in until, you know, like, they put a hand on your shoulder. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. And I, I think that that's, I think that's desirable. I think you want to, I think that, you know, we, we as human beings make that connection with whether or not we belong in a place pretty quickly. Yep. Uh, those types of, like, micro... Uh, micro judgments or uh, the the feelings that our brain has and releases the chemicals, those ha- those reactions happen in microseconds. Yeah. So, oh, you mean big, you mean place, bigotry? Yeah. Well, that also <laughs> yeah. is where that comes from. Yeah, where bigotry comes from. But uh, yeah, no. So Turtle Stack Brewing was uh, it had decent beer. I am uh, excited to announce actually for the show that I'm going to do some brewing. On Saturday. So hopefully that'll be the best beer I've had. Good. Because uh, my neighbor, who I also work with, uh, is a big microbrew guy, and we're going to hang out. He went to the University of Illinois, Mm -hmm. uh, (laughs) I-L-L-I-N-I. I like how the schools that are not so great at football, it always seems that like their cheer is to prove that they know how to spell the state that they live in. Well, that's not true. They do it at Minnesota. Oh, wait. M I N N. They, but uh, we're gonna hang out, watch the Badgers stomp the Illini. Uh, he keeps referencing the fact that the Illini at home are twenty-six point underdogs, <laughs> which is brutal. 
What, is uh, the, what does that the, stadium even hold? Does it hold like twenty six thousand or something like that? Like it's pretty small. It's pretty old. It's, uh, I went there uh, during college. I think I went down with Chrysler at oh, one point, and is it, uh, it is. It's kind of like Camp Randall in that it, you know, has this old structure uh, idea behind it. You know, Camp Randall was the prisoner of war camp or uh, training grounds. Although there's no actual like fortification that's still part of the the football stadium at Illinois there is actually like a fairly old structure that they have sort of built a uh, large football field oh I didn't know that which is it's interesting but it, it does not make for uh, good football watching I still no. recall that we were in a student section and there was significant obstructed view while we were trying to take in a a uh, an ILL, INI, actual victory. This was a, they beat the Badgers that, that game, which was rough. But. It was a long time ago. Let's not talk about it. Yeah, it was. That would have been, gosh, that would have been 10 years 10 ago. 10 years ago. But you know what's nice anyway. is, is it, what has it been now, 12 since we've lost to Minnesota? Going on 13? Uh, it would have been our freshman year. Would have yep. been the last time. Yep, I do remember. absolutely crazy. We had no idea. Nope. That sitting through that, I, I, I remember being at that game, and I remember being like, well, this sucks. Yeah. I remember having I, I remember having a chance to go to the, the away game sophomore year, where we beat them on that uh, blocked punt and then returned oh, yes. kickoff. And turning it down, I think Anthony, our, our mutual acquaintance, Anthony had um, tickets and means to get there, and I don't... I think I... Ended up working at Soleil or something like that instead, mm-hmm. and uh, deeply regretting it for the next uh, 13 years of my life. <laughs> that was, my dad uh, was recently at a 3M uh, retreat, because he does business with 3M. Yeah. And they sent him up to their resort that they have, up in the like Boundary Waters or wherever, way up north. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the guys that works at 3M my dad ended up hanging out with was, I believe, the quarterback of that Gophers team <laughs> who who fucked it up and lost in yeah. the last second. Or it might not have been the quarterback, but he was, was he, a guy. Was he the long was... snapper or the punter? Because it was really... <laughs> if their punter was also their kicker, they must have just... I, I can't imagine that person is still alive today. <laughs> but my dad was just like salivating to... When, once he found out who he was and that he had played for that team. My dad was like, "How? Oh, yeah, I remember that game. <laughs> Do you remember? And he's like, every time I talk to a Wisconsin Badger fan, they got to bring up that fucking game. <laughs> it's the game that started it. A, d- mm. a decade of loss. It's beautiful. It's beautiful stuff. Um, so anyway... Uh, Josh, what have you been drinking lately that's good? Oh, um, so in the interim, you know, like great beer podcasters, we didn't do a GABF episode, um, but who gives a shit because Wisconsin um, almost came clean of GABF medals. Uh, I think there were two, and um, here in Madison, one barrel actually got a bronze in, uh, gosh, uh, barley wine, and... uh, I got my hands on Behemoth, um, which is a beer that I passed over several times um, just because, you know, barley wine, that's kind of an investment. You know, having one or two, um, you know, 9.9% beers is is a tall order um, unless it's a Friday or or a Saturday night for me. But yeah, yeah, immediately after I um, saw the the metals uh, uh, spreadsheets come out, I was like, oh, let's. Control F, Wisconsin, and I pressed enter twice, and then a third time, and I was back to the original one. Oh. I was like, oh, man. So I gotta try Behemoth, I guess. Um, well, and microbrewing's getting not so micro anymore, you know? That's the, that's the whole deal these days. It's yeah. going on so well that everybody and their mom's doing it. It takes a lot to stand out. Yeah, it's really difficult. So congratulations to uh, One Barrel. Um, and actually, I think they contracted that with um, with Octopi. Oh, cool. Um, so it's One Barrel's recipe, and I assume they assist with the brewing in, in some capacity. And then uh, the guys at Octopi 
put it together and package it for them. Um, but yeah, it's, that's uh, cool. Uh, bronze and barley wine, like Greg said, it's really difficult to to uh, get noticed. And the crazy thing is, is I think Behemoth um, is entitled a uh, Imperial IPA, um, but it fits the like the standard. You know, it, it's above. It's well above nine uh, percent, if not, I can't remember if it's ten percent. But and I tried it, and it took me back to the days, like way back in like two thousand one, two thousand two, when Bigfoot barley wine releases were still kind of a big thing. Let's see here. I think it was maybe like two thousand seven was probably the first year that I bought a case of Bigfoot barley wine, and that was kind of like maybe the equivalent now of buying uh, six bottles of Darkness. And, oh yeah, and trying them as the years go by to see if it changes, and and then comparing them year to year. I would do that. I think 2007 through 2010. I think I bought a case of Bigfoot, um, which sounds probably pretty ridiculous to beer hipsters out there now, but uh, you know it's something uh, easily accessible, and then you could have like a common thread with a lot of other beer geeks, and um, yeah, you know. But any, yeah, anyway, um, so Behemoth, I, I, from what I remember, um, you know, it was it was um, better than a lot of the Bigfoots that I've had, better than a lot of the other. Barley wine is something that I usually, if I see it on a menu at like a smaller brew pub, like a, a Dane or a One Barrel, I'll give it a try because you get that little six ounce pour and it's not that big of a deal. But, you know, to pound, exactly. you know, 12 or 24 ounces of that is, um, it's not my favorite, I should say. Um, yeah, it's a tall order, and I, I often, like, they recommend serving it, not, you know, ice cold. Yep. So that you get the full play, uh, flavor profile, and then you start drinking, and you're like, good God, <laughs> they <laughs> wanted me to experience this? Yeah. Um, but yeah, from what I can remember, it was Behemoth was a great beer. I think part of what helped it win is that it was designed as, an, as a double or an imperial IPA, but it had a really nice malt backbone, and it had that really nice warming alcohol flavor, which is kind of what you want. And I just think that even barley wine and just like APAs and IPAs are all kind of moving towards that crisp, hoppy profile. You know, mm-hmm. the BJCP, when they're describing barley wine, I don't, I mean, I think they probably um, recommend a certain level of higher or moderate, moderately high bitterness, but they don't talk about like, you know, the crazy um, American hop smell. In fact, let me just look it up really quick and make sure that I'm not talking out of my ass while I have it here. I'm cracking another Sequench Ale. A Session Sour from Dogfish Head. We talked about it before the show, right, Josh? I'm not, like, repeating myself on the show. Nope. No, we have not talked about it yet. Yeah, so here I have it, Barley Wine, uh, Warming Alcohol and pleasant fruity or hoppy interest uh you know it doesn't really say much about you know like it's it's the emphasis is on the malt um not so much on the hop uh but you know it it had a really nice hoppy aroma from what i can remember and uh you know that's what got at the or the uh, bronze um on a national stage so uh, yeah but no yeah tell us about uh the uh, the sea salt the new well not new i guess <laughs> earlier in the summer it was somewhat new in the Midwest. Yeah, I, uh, so I knew that you had a dogfish head on your list that, uh, we could, we could compare. Mm -hmm. And I, so I went, I ended up at Hy-Vee shopping around and I did find a beer that we now have in common. Uh, but the other end of things was that I, I don't drink a lot of dogfish head. Primarily because of the uh, the founder of Dogfish Head being a total like blithering dipshit, <laughs> um, a, a real Gen Xer who never He's, grew up in yeah. a lot of ways. Yeah, I'd have to agree. It's it's uh, what was that? Um, he made like a documentary, and I always remember like him videos on the internet were okay because you only had to deal with him for like five minutes. Mm-hmm. But an hour of him was just unbearable. Just every, like, you'd be, like, pop out of nowhere into frame. <laughs> hey! Wow, wow. Uh, 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 we're going to try to make an Egyptian beer with mummy in it. We, and then he goes to, like, the, the accounting area. and like, ah, Mr. Accountant with your tie. Uh, what do you think about making an Egyptian beer? And they cut the accountant guy, and he's like, yeah, he's a real, uh, he's a real enthusiastic about 
making things and we <laughs> we put a spreadsheet together and figure out if it's realistic and and then, <laughs> and then we have a meeting with him for 20 minutes <laughs> but that's kind of his shtick is in addition to being like a guy I would never want to be trapped in a room with ever like if we if there was a saw scenario where we were both trapped in a room I wouldn't I wouldn't have needed the saw I would have just chewed through my own leg to get away from this guy and but he loves to put weird shit in beer he has the one that I have here the sequench ale is brewed with lime juice lime peel so we're pretty normal so far black limes which I'm sure are a thing somewhere probably yeah and sea salt. And you had an interesting comparison for it earlier. Yeah, I I like this beer. Um, I don't have one in front of me, but uh, I've had it many times. My wife adores it. Um, and my opinion of it is it's like the... Fan, you know, Not fancy, but I would say it is the um, craft brewer's Bud Light Lime. The, yes. old, the old beach poison. It's a, pon- <laughs> it's a pontoon boat sud, I would say. You know, it's definitely under... Isn't it under 5% alcohol? You have the can in front of you. It is 4.9. Yeah, yeah. So it's... uh, You could guzzle... You could slam uh, a six-pack of those and still be able to pilot a uh, a nautical vehicle. So it also reminds me of this beer that I was told about by my uh, friend-slash-coworker-slash-soon-to-be-brew partner. Uh, He was at the uh, Brasserie V in Madison, mm-hmm. and they had on tap at that time the Evil Twin Lurvig Big Ass Money Stout. Have you read about this, Josh? I think so, yeah. Um, it I, I can't remember the hook. What's the hook? Fascinating. So this is, it's essentially a joke beer. It's real, but it's a joke beer to make fun of Norwegians for reasons that I'm, I'm not really clear on, but it is brewed, uh, it is a, let's see here, is it a stout? Yes, it's a stout that is brewed with frozen pizza. Oh, my. And supposedly is dry moneyed, meaning they use just fucking money at the end. They just shred some bills and throw it in there? Yes. Uh, well, first of all, that is a terrible idea. Money, all money, unless it's, like, fresh from the bank, like, from the printers, is as dirty as your yes. asshole. Yes. It's, it's, not only, it's not only as dirty as, I would say, it's dirtier than several assholes. <laughs> so, but yeah, they, they, I see here that they had a, uh, they brewed a batch with a hundred U.S. dollars and a hundred Norwegian krone. Okay. And used, uh, what, uh, Grandiosa Pizza. A frozen <laughs> ham and pepper Grandiosa Pizza. Well, that sounds like a very Norwegian pizza. Um, and he said it was fine. <laughs> but it's a stout, you know? Like, there's not there's not going to be a lot of nuance coming through, necessarily. Yeah. Uh, if you're talking like, oh, I could taste, you know, the denominations of the money. Uh, but that's that's the crazy shit. That's something I would have expected from the guy that makes Dogfish Head. Yeah. But instead, it's actually quite a uh, an amusing critique, I guess, of uh, Norwegian culture. Yeah. Yeah, I actually, um, I didn't read it, but I, I guess I treated it like the Bible. I don't know. Are you familiar with Magnus Nielsen? It's the chef who runs Favakin in, uh, is it Sweden or Norway? I can't remember right now. Um but he wrote this like tome on Nordic cooking, which Nordic yeah. cooking is a, a term that he hates because there's no such thing as Nordic cooking. There's, you know, Southern Norwegian cooking, Northern Norwegian cooking, the same thing with Sweden and Iceland. And I mean, it's, it's yeah. very diverse, but yeah, my favorite part about that book is how he talks about like, there's all these old, you know, like recipes for pickled herring and, and blah, blah, blah. But like fucking nobody eats that. You know, he jokes about how like, uh, I mean, like people do eat pickled herring still and they have their, uh, their quick pickle and ham sandwiches. Like people still eat that stuff a ton, but like not a lot of people eat all the, like the, 
buttery potato dishes and like the weird cookies that Americans are kind of obsessed with when they think about Norway. But what they do eat a lot of is like pineapple pizza and uh, Norwegian style tacos and like all this stuff that's like <laughs> super weird and gross. Like, I don't know. Or taco pizza, I think, is another thing that, that took off. They just like the Americanized Mexican uh, spice packets. And then they pour it on a on a pizza crust and and uh, and call it ethnic. Gross. Yeah, the yeah, sequence is great. Um, I don't know if I'll try the Norwegian pizza beer, but um, big ass money stout. Yeah. So I I do before we move on here. I think we would be uh, remiss not to bring up the thing that you had mentioned beforehand, which is another beer that we need to make fun of. Uh, do you want to do you want to take us into it? The the uh, discovery that you made on the interweb. Oh my! Um, so you know, uh, it's been a while since we've done like a legit in- interview. Um, you know, hopefully we'll be doing more um, coming in the winter when we have more time. But uh, one of the places that I thought of in this beer, it's not a, it's it's on the order of hams. I would say um, some of the stuff that this particular company makes that are out in cross plains. I, I was thinking, like, maybe I'll, I'll contact Esser's Best and see if they'd like to do an interview, you know. It's such a weird company. And then I made the um, happy mistake of Googling them, and they have a website. And <laughs> holy shit, is this thing a work of, like, Alta Vista slash GeoCities <laughs> beauty? And it is. I mean, they got the web address. They got www.essersbest.com yep and uh it looks like they paid someone to use the geocities generator like you know like a a 16 year old in 1998 you know set us up a website and he did and they never changed it it (laughs) you have to see it it's amazing they like the just the way it's set up you know almost pseudo blog style with like a bunch of text running down the middle and a bunch of images that aren't formatted quite right, just t- and like tons of open space. Which I don't know if you've seen an Esser's a case of Esser's Best, the the regular Best beer um, that I don't know like uh, jaundiced tan than it is. <laughs> it's just like like a color that might have been popular to paint a a child's bedroom of whom you didn't know the sex in the eighties. <laughs> Is that an accurate description of that color, Greg? Yeah, that's, that's fair. It's that's like fair. a, it's like a cummy mustard. <laughs> I'd say. And the, I mean, what you say is that it has probably not been updated since, and the latest date on here is 1998. Like you go to the front page and it's like, Oh, here's our story. And the, the last, thing that apparently happened to them was 1998 that they thought was remotely important. Yep. Uh, and not only that, but if that is true, that means that on their front page for the last almost 20 years, there has been a hilarious uh, fucking uh, typo that is just sitting there. It says uh, towards the end of their little uh, biography of the company says, in 1990, Wayne was just was joined in the business by his son, Larry, which made six generations of Essers in the bee business. He's <laughs> <laughs> been there for 20 years. <laughs> um, oh, and, man. And we're leaving out the absolute best part, which is what happens when you go to the website. Let me show you that. I'm going to refresh yeah, the Greg, crank, crank that shit. Yeah. This. <laughs> All right, that's enough. That's so. So that is either a MIDI, very, very possibly, but unlikely, an MP3 um, soundbar. It's got to be a MIDI, right? It could be. That's a, how old this fucking website is. Yeah, and the best part about it is, if you if you navigate and you're using, so right now I'm using Chrome, and I've tested it with Mozilla as well. 
uh, that MIDI player is like hidden under an image. So there's an image <laughs> overlay of the two kinds of beer that Esser's Best makes, and it's it's stuck over the MIDI player. So you, you if that if you navigate to this website and that goddamn music starts playing, you can't find the damn soundbar to turn it off. You're going to navigate away immediately. <laughs> it's like oh, like a minute of that, like that is enough. It's. Uh, Oh, no, no! <laughs> I, I clicked on something. Yeah, and if you refresh the page, it's an auto-start, so it just automatically <laughs> plays. Yeah, and uh, so, yeah, it's just amazing. It's like, I think now, if they change it, I'll be super fucking pissed, because this is just perfect the way it is. They have this creepy picture of their great, I think great, or great-great-grandfather, George Esser, just staring with his dead eyes. <laughs> Which, hilariously, when I hover over it, Pinterest is like, oh, you want to pin this? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, it's amazing. And then there's this picture of a delirious old man holding up an old bottle of Esther's Best and a new <laughs> bottle of Esther's Best. <laughs> uh, oh, oh, great it's, stuff. It's, it's good. Uh, everybody immediately navigate to www.essers.com. And, and check them out. Um, and I mean, like their beer, like they show up at uh, the Great Taste and a couple other brewfesters. You occasionally and see they them. Get, like two beers, right? They I, do like Esther's Best and Esther's Best Light. Yep. And uh, oh, I think they do like they do a special beer just for Cross Plains. I think Cross Plains Special or something okay. like that. Which I well, don't have you think been I've there because it is special. Yes, it is. The only thing I know about Cross Plains. Uh, well, I know two things about Cross Plains. Uh, one, I turned down a job to be their school district's drama coordinator <laughs> because they showed me their stage and it was just like, you know, that sort of elevated platform that you might have had in your middle school lunchroom? Oh, yeah. That didn't, you know, it didn't really serve as that. There were no wings. It was just kind of there in case the principal had to get up and yell at everybody. Yep. Uh, that was, was their permanent I was, stage. I was just going to say that that's... So I went to Toki when I was in middle school, and like that was where Pam Nash, when she was really drunk, would come up and just yell at us about how dirty the lunchroom was. <laughs> and then she'd be like, I'm going to go shoot nine at Vitense. Fuck you, kids. <laughs> the other thing I know about Cross Plains is that they uh, frequently advertise a uh, a gun shop that is apparently like the mid the Midwest like one of their most prolific gun dealers the, the like, loosest okay, so gun are... dealer outside of Dan <laughs> County come on Straw down buyer? boy do we have a deal for you uh, but that's that's all I know about Cross Plains My, it's uh, close to Middleton right it's it, if you're at uh, if you're halfway between Middleton and Cross Plains you're probably at Silk Exotic. <laughs> Silk Exotic. <laughs> Man, that is some inside baseball. Silk Exotic and, and Madison. And those terrible commercials. <laughs> so sensual when she speaks to us. Why? And I never understood why they the ads have uh, just the woman at the end. Like, we want you to come to Silk Exotic, she says, except she says it far more sensually. Yep. But the rest of the time, there's just a dude yelling at you. Yeah. Wow! <laughs> there's a buffet! <laughs> Dane County's only full alcohol nude bar. Yeah. With over 40 of the Midwest's sexiest entertainers. It's like, just, oh, yeah. I don't believe you. And by that, they mean uh, the, the bottom 20% of uh, uh, Dane County's uh, high school graduating class. Oh, no. <laughs> so, all right. Well, uh, should we take a quick break here, Joshua? And yes. And get to the uh, review afterwards? We should. Let's take a little break. Oh, three, three, Well, there's no way up from here. You gotta dig down no hero. Nine 
boy tell you what to do You find a finger bad man with a neck tattoo And hit him with a bar stool That's what you gotta do And when you're rocking and you're rolling out the back of the bar Break a beer bottle out before you get too far Let them know who you are And then give them a scar Cause there's no way up from here You gotta dig down the way Goddamn Esther's best page is still up. Thankfully, <laughs> my my speakers are turned off, so it's not going to refresh and interrupt us. But uh, today we are reviewing, and we didn't give it away this time. I don't think. Uh, Shop two, the single hop series uh, by Linkfront Brewery, Centennial India Pale Ale. Um, Lakefront has been doing Smash series um, since a long, long time ago. I think. The first time me and Greg had like a break that was so long that we had to have somebody else on the show, we did the Smash beer where they did something terrible. It was like uh, Willamette and Vienna, something mm. like that. Willamette hops and Vienna malt, and it okay. was oh, I mean like Willamette is like a spicy European hop, and Vienna like you had a Vienna lager right, so it's a smooth yes. caramelish kind of malt. Yeah, I mean, it's like, that. it tastes like a basement beer. Yeah, yeah. I'm not a, I'm not a huge Vienna guy, uh, but it, like, it tastes like, it reminds me of the taste of, like, a, uh, a carpeted basement. Yeah. The last really good beer that I brewed was actually a Vienna for Mike's bachelor party. Remember that? Yeah, that it's like, been a while, man. Falling off the horse. I know. Uh, so if you're going to brew a beer, I got to brew, I got to brew, like, ten gallons. And, yeah. and get back. We could we could compare. Yeah. Um but anyway, let's get let's get to it. So Lakefront's been doing these Smash and they they've rebranded, I think, because everyone's doing Smash beers and there's probably some legal issues with labeling, so they call it Shop Two. So it's one hop, one um malt, and uh they're doing a pure centennial all the way through. Um Centennial is like Probably when I'm brewing APAs is like my go-to for flavor and aroma. You know, everything from uh, 30 minutes away from flame out until dry hopping, Centennial is always a good choice. Um, which makes me wonder because the the comparison beer to this that they made was Chinook, which I only use for bittering and maybe up until 10 minutes from the beginning. Um, I I'm curious. I haven't had that one yet, but uh, and it's hard to find. I couldn't find Chinook anywhere. But uh, Centennial was a good go, a much better choice. I'm sure that that Willamette beer was like, we got a bunch of Willamette laying around and a bunch of Vienna. We just got to get rid of it. So <laughs> somehow, but yeah, I think um, Brett was the co-host of that show, and we were both kind of like, yeah, yeah, uh. <laughs> we'll slog through it. It's okay. I don't remember what I gave it. It was definitely not better than a 35, but 
That's like the only one of the shows that I've listened to in oh, the last really? year. Yeah, is the one that you did with Brett. Yeah. <laughs> um, Actually, I may have listened to the one you did with your brother-in-law. Oh yeah, that was a good one too. That was that was remote as well. I remember that being somewhat difficult, but um, anyway, you know, initial impressions. Uh, it's pretty smooth. Take a little sip. Um, it's got a nice malt backbone compared to a lot of designated IPAs that are out there. You know, it's up my alley. I don't know how it's going to do as far as the review goes, but I'll let Greg talk about it and see if he can sway me one way or the other. What do you think about it, Greg? Well, I'm just pouring it now. Um, the one, the thing that I'm thinking, ooh, it's got a real sort of dark gold, doesn't it? Yep. It's a darker... It's not a, it's more of an amber, I guess. Yep. You could call it dark gold or amber. There's some red highlights, I think. Oh uh, my goodness. Okay. All right. Um, so, aside from it being a little bit disingenuous to, to call something a centennial beer when it is celebrating the hundred years of nothing. Yeah. Uh, um, Lakefront is 30 years old, I guess, if it was established in 1987. Yep. So that's bullshit. I don't care if the hops called that. It's bullshit. But uh, the beer is real smooth. Uh, shockingly smooth. I have another drink here. Hold on. My goodness, that's drinkable. I love that. Um, I, I, I'd, I'd bump it up, whatever the higher end of what you were going to say. Okay. Um, yeah, so I have to, to agree, you know, um, I, I'm always confronted with, um, cause I don't actively judge, like I don't judge in a lot of contests, so I don't know what the general feeling, especially in these really fleshed out categories like IPA, um, and American APA are, so like what people are leaning towards. Um, when I think IPA, I'm thinking, you know, I'm thinking more about um, body and alcohol content when I'm comparing it to APA. So, yes, obviously an APA is going to be something more around like the, like when I'm thinking, when I think about um, American IPA, you know, I'm thinking um, something close to like 50 or 80 um, IBUs and, you know, an alcohol content that's like upwards of 6%, right? Mm -hmm. And I believe this is a seven, um, according to beer advocate, uh, Lord. yeah. Um, and you don't get any, I don't think I get maybe just slight hot alcohol. Maybe. Now that you tell me that, that's what I think I'm getting. But. Maybe, maybe a little bit. It's well disguised, um, because it has this nice malt backbone, um, it's right. it's not bone dry like a lot of um, West Coast IPAs are, which I do appreciate. But uh, yeah, I, overall I like it. It's uh, um, in the nose, Centennial. Like I said, like I'm you know I put that in in my home brews all the time um, mm -hmm. because it kind of gives you the best of both worlds on a, an American side of hops. You get some um, forest pine, uh, uh, pine bark. Uh, maybe not so much on the tar end or resin end. And then you also get some, like, orange peel. And then um, there's uh, actually a little bit of, like, runty ester, ale ester character, which you don't get to appreciate very much with modern, um, like, what I'm thinking, like, green flash IPAs, which are, like, yeah. in-your-face pine or in-your-face uh, tropical. And that that's interesting, because that's, I mean, I believe that's what people think of with IPAs. Yeah. Is... Oh, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna, I'm in it for the pollen of the hop. Yep. I'm either gonna get that citrusy experience or that, uh, or resiny whatever experience. But instead, with this one, it's, uh, God, it's got a strong malt back uh, backbone, mm -hmm. and uh, it's smooth. You do get the bitterness right on the tail end. Yep. Uh, but it's not overpowering at all. It just sort of lingers like okay. you, to help you remember that you had the beer. Yeah. And and, and just for reference, you know, like um, the BJCP in 2015 listed like Bell's Two-Hearted and uh, Stone IPA 
as like commercial examples for this style. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say like Bell's Two Hearted is probably uh, a decent comparison. You know, like when I think about Bell's Two Hearted, the best part about Bell's Two Hearted is is the flavor and the mouthfeel. You know, um, uh, New World hop, but it's also you know like you got some of that stone fruit ale character. And it's like yes. a, a medium body with a smooth texture that goes from front to back, you know, that drinkable, but, um, you can, you can feel it, you know, like an APA should be more watery and an IPA should be a little bit more substantial. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this covers it. Like there should be some slight warming, but not to the point where it's hot, um, right? which I think this does. So I think when you're talking about, Flavor and mouthfeel, which is, like, where a lot, most of the points come in. Uh, the, the lion's share of the points. Um, this beer has a lot going for it. And um, when I was on Twitter, when I tried this for the first time, I was like, damn! You know, like, <laughs> this is a great beer. Um, and I yeah. think I tweeted at Lakefront, like, you know, wow, way to go. And I, I don't think this is the beer that won, but Lakefront did win in the IPA category. I don't know if it was their regular IPA, which is also, you know, the one with the I. Right, the IPA. IPA, yeah. Uh, or um, the, the one that I really like is their um, Hop Jockey. Yeah, Hop Jockey. Hop jockey. But it, I th- that might be an Imperial or a Double. I don't yeah. know if that's judged differently. It's a little more amped up, and it has a lot more everything. It has, mm-hmm. I think it has a little more alcohol. I don't know if it has, I think it might be a little lighter body. But uh, it definitely has a bigger punch, and it might be a little bit more on, like, the juicy side. I can't remember. It's been a while since I've had it, but it's, it's also a good beer. You know, I'm going to say fuck it and fuck the West Coast's leaning thing <laughs> and say, you know, appearance, um, you know, this is a, a reddish amber, which falls into style. Um, uh, it has a, a white... Um, head that leaves good lacing, so all points for appearance. I enjoy the aroma, the flavor, and the mouthfeel. I've already commented on. This is a forty-six. Um, That's damn good. Yeah, it's a damn good beer. Um, you know, it doesn't fit with the trend towards a super dry, lighter body, but I still think the ferment in this particular beer went very well. Um, it's a top-notch, you know, a a to uh, A minus beer, for sure. Oh, yeah, agreed. Yeah, um, I would 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 drink again. Very nice. <laughs> uh, we're getting up to it, so I have some questions for Greg. Let's do this. Lakefront Let's get it. Shot two single hop series centennial. If this beer were a playlist, what would the first three songs be? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh boy! Uh, so we'll go with the arc of the beer. So you get it, and it's unexpected. Uh, and there uh, are some great unexpected songs. I don't know, something by Weird Al. Like you think it's you think it's the first thing, but then it's the second thing. Like that's what I. So I, I drink this, and I'm expecting an IPA, but it's like it's not that first sip of IPA that you expect. Yeah. So, like, uh, you think you've, you're you here in Gangster's Paradise, but it turns out to be Amish Paradise. Yeah. Something like that. That's, That's the good. first song. When you said unexpected, what, you know what artist pops in my head for some reason and I can't explain it? CeeLo Green. <laughs> that would be unexpected. Yeah. Somebody was like, hold on, I gotta go play my favorite song on the jukebox. Bank round and round town with the girl over there. And then I guess the, the middle is um, it's real level. Mm-hmm. It keeps me it keeps me right where I'm at. So uh, something that's not downbeat, but it's also not like super jazzed up. Um so maybe, you know, uh, oh gosh, I mean, R.I.P., uh, the great singer-songwriter who just passed. Oh. Yeah. So I, I, uh, I think it's a little bit, 
it's a little bit of um, it's kind of skunky. Not not in a bad way, but it's got the it's got oh, yeah. pale characteristics to it. Yeah, some um, some runtiness and some so, some moss kind of going on. Right. Um, so you're thinking like uh, don't or won't back down or. Yeah, I am. Um, that would that would be who I would go with, uh, or the song that I would go with. Um, and I was like, out of curiosity, I was just googling dead rock stars, and of course, I was referring to Fats Domino. <laughs> <laughs> Don't back down, Fats Domino. Um, great cover, great cover. Tragic, tragic. But uh, the petty, the petty man. Don't back down. Like it's just kind of a jam that yeah. you can get behind. And then it finishes just, like, with a little bit of Ghost of Bitterness, something that lets you down easy. Um, and you're really hitting me in my weak spot here with this question, Josh, which is music. I am not <laughs> I am not a music guy. Oh, but come I'll on. I'll say that it, it, it sort of lingers. Um, so what's, uh, what's a song that you constantly think is over, but then it keeps going? Oh, boy. Um... All right, how about the song that doesn't end by Lamb Chop? <laughs> Definitely not. Okay, that's it. There's got to be there's got to be something better. I'm sorry, Josh. You have my playlist. Move on. Okay. If this beer were a Badger bus driver, uh-huh. how, how many stop signs and red lights does it just blow right through for no good reason? <laughs> so I actually uh, have a really good relationship with uh, uh, bus drivers because we take a lot of field trips in my school. This is this is uh, very similar to today's bus driver, where he blew through, uh, I think, only one red light that I was really paying attention to. But, like, he had every good intention of just getting us where we were trying to go on time and doing it. Because, like, who's going to ram a yellow school bus? <laughs> um, and I know you're not referring to uh, the Badger, Badger yellow school buses, but, like, no. at the same time... Who's going to hit a bus? Nobody fucks with buses. You're allowed to blow stoplights when you're in a bus. So yeah. I think one per inner city trip. Yeah. You know what, what gets me actually is, is you know, I was trying to bring up, you know, like just like the Badger buses in the city are just like crazy. You know, they just, it seems like anybody can be a Badger bus driver. It doesn't matter what your driving record is or was. It's just, they're very inclusive as far as, as far as. <laughs> hey traffic felonies go oh yes um but the one thing that kind of weirds me out is in minnesota um there's like a uh i don't know if it's law or etiquette but you have to yield to a bus that's moving to the left like if a bus is trying to get back onto the road like everyone stops for it that's fascinating i don't think it's i don't think it's um Minnesota nice because I think it says it on the back of the bus like you must yield to a bus that is changing lanes or something like that like it's your fault if a bus rams into you so I'm I'm always <laughs> curious like what would happen if a Badger bus had to take someone to Minneapolis like that's a movie <laughs> like I don't know if you, if you're familiar with the the uh, the um, the Pixar movie where where dogs have feelings uh, a pet's life or Whatever, uh, with Louis C.K. You're, you're making things up. No, this it's not is not a Pixar film. This is, it's not a Pixar film. Is it Fox or DreamWorks? It has a uh, DreamWorks. Probably movie, DreamWorks. Which is the, the shittiest wing of uh, <laughs> computerized animation. Yeah, that movie was okay. I mean, it had a lot, it had a lot of good no, comedians it in it. Garbage. Yeah, there were there was a great cast, and they squandered them. <laughs> well, they were limited by the age group, I think. I think Hannibal Burris was in it. No, Greg's not impressed. No, well, I, I like Hannibal Burris, but I don't know about that. Well, there's there's just a, a scene where a rabbit drives a bus um, across the Brooklyn Bridge, and I did. That's just what I imagine. What would happen <laughs> if a Badger bus driver realized that everyone had to yield to him or her? But anyway, uh, if uh, Centennial India Pale Ale by Lakefront Brewery. Were a Lord of the Rings or Hobbit character movie or book? I'll I'll leave that up to you. Which character would it be? Uh, the guy that eats the tomatoes really smackily. Oh, in Return of the King. Uh, because uh, I love him. <laughs> Denethor. 
Sure, I think you, it's do, De- you do a great impression of him. Denethor, I do. <laughs> um, when when people disappoint me, I'm a very good Denethor. <laughs> I suppose you wish it had been me that had died instead of my brother. Yes, I do wish that. Very much. Very much. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but no, I, I uh, honestly, that would be the character I choose, just because I enjoy that character. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a ridiculous, the way it's presented in the films, he's just an absurd character. He is, yeah. I adore him. See now how your lands are, Denethor, steward. <laughs> I just love how, uh, oh gosh, what's the name of the actor who plays Cantolf? It's... Uh, the old guy. Yeah. Magneto. Yeah, Magneto. When he, how he addresses him, Denethor. Steward. <laughs> I wish I would. I could address like coworkers like that. You know, like like temporary your temporary supervisor. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean I mean like uh, even subordinates. Like today, the bathroom was not as clean as it usually is. Dennis, janitor. <laughs> oh, well. All things considered, though, I really like this beer, but it does sort of defy traditional categories. And even the the drinking it uh, as I as I'm drinking it, it's hard for me to categorize things that are similar to it because it's an IPA that really doesn't want to be an IPA. I almost feel like it's a callback, you know, like it's a good it's a good callback joke in a stand up routine where like there's all these these great setups that we had in uh, maybe like the early aughts, late nineties, you know, like. Uh, uh, when we were in high school, I think like Steam Anchor IPA was like the IPA that the that's BJCP and like now that's not even an APA. Like, have you had Steam Anchor IPA uh, recent, so. recently? It's no. uh, uh, it's kind of it's less bitter and has less body than uh, uh, Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. But that was like the big thing in in the early mid nineties, you know, before we were even thinking about beer, much less craft beer. <laughs> well, that seems, yeah. I mean, well, what the fuck did we know? First of all, yeah, at that's that true. point, and secondly, I mean, the world has changed. It's amazing how much the world has changed. Yeah, but I think uh, some fundamentals, you know, from those times uh, are still applicable now. Like, I I still like an IPA that does both, that does smooth. As opposed to rigid body that's the same all the way through that Ooh, still provides that's a good point. smooth operator. Can I put that on my list? Yeah, it's a smooth, smooth operator. operator. Yeah, that can be the middle song. <laughs> that um, is continuous and it provides like a similar experience from the moment that you start drinking it until the finish. A hundred percent. Whereas like a lot of these highly praised IPAs are almost acrid the first time you try one. Like, it's like, bland, You know, like, from aroma yeah. to initial yeah. mouthfeel, it's, they're highly, highly carbonated. Like, this, I mean, probably from, for current standards, is not as highly carbonated as, say, like, Green Flash Jungle or, right. or whatever. Right. Um, or Green Flash Soul. Just as an example of a beer that a lot of people have tried, um, but it's not like flat. You know, it's it's a uh, uh, um, pretty average for the style, mm-hmm. and then uh, it's pretty steady all the way through. I enjoy it. Yeah, it's good. I I I agree. With you. Okay. So yeah, so that's our summary. Uh, Centennial is worth picking up. Um, Beautiful. It'd be nice, you know, uh, and I'd like to do a side by side maybe next week. Um, or two weeks from now when we do another episode of... Um, you little son of a bitch. I, I hate my cat. <laughs> Sorry. Of IPA the, with the I, because it's been a long time since I've um, sat down and really analyzed that beer. You know, that one is so reliable. Oh, That's yeah. what I think about it. Every time I have it, I'm like, gosh, this is a very reliable, uh, tasty IPA. It doesn't. It doesn't uh, blow away expectations, but it's so good. It is, yeah. Um, I'd like to do a side maybe, by maybe side. Maybe that'll be confirmed when I have it next year, uh, with you next week. Yeah, um, we'll do. We'll do a side by side comparison of Esther's best cross plane special and IPA by Lakefront. 
I wonder if I'll be able to figure out which is which. <laughs> oh, that's always the best. We should we should do that. Like last, maybe like uh, thirty episodes ago, we did a a side by side where I think you snuck like a hibiscus pale well, yeah, ale. So I, I snuck something stupidly crazy and in, yeah into a uh, Oktoberfest tasting, and I was like, this one is okay. <laughs> But yeah. Alright. So we All right, baby. We are reaching the end of our time with uh Greg and and uh me and our uh eighty to ninety fans. Um, Let's get it. Yeah. Season two, tune in. Um we sort of promise that we'll try to release uh at least bi weekly. Um but before we depart, we have to thank a few people. Thank you to the Whiskey Farm for providing us with our opener and the Cork and Bottle String Band uh, for providing us with our closer, as well as uh, many of the other bands who support us, including Horseshoes and Hand Grenades and Still Hill, who we try to include in our break music um, in between the intro and our beer review. Thanks to um, the Willie Street Co-op as well for providing us with the endless entertainment for our a second segment. <laughs> they're they're the ones that are like fun. They they are. The <laughs> they don't know are, it, <laughs> but they are like fun. They yeah, they are. <laughs> that, I think that's why we're attracted to them because they embody. Yeah, you know, they're they're like high quality imitation fun. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> lactose free. Yeah, you no know, uh, non uh, or like gluten tolerant whatever kombucha like fun oh man willie street club should change their uh their mo- their motto to cruelty free fun <laughs> no that's ours it's ours now <laughs> no. Josh. tm 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 is that the end that's the end <laughs> all right we're gonna wrap it up with this song about living in the country which we know nothing about but it makes for a good song anyway